0: Uh, so thankful you're here, excited for what God's doing uh, in our time together. So uh, anybody loving this weather? Just like, easy. come on, let's just hope this lasts for more than a couple of days. Uh, if you're new here, if you're checking out Fathom, if if this, or, or I'll say it like this too, or if you hate those past two minutes that we just had, like, because <laughs> you don't feel like you know people or you're just an introvert and like, I hate it, um, no, I, I, if you are new here, I wanted to, to say uh, thank you for being here. There's a lot of places you could be today, and, and we're thinking of you, praying for you. We, we hope that this feels like a place that you can grow in faith and in family. Do, do us a favor, though. Grab the card in front of you, or, or you can text it to the number, um, what is it? Is it 84,000 or 94,000 or something? 97,000? 97, 97,000. You can just text new to Fathom or, or Fathom. And just let us know that you're here if you're opposed to, I I actually wrote, I had to do a lot of writing on paper this week, and I was like, ugh, like, (laughs) can we just type it? Like, can we just do that, like a... I need to work on my penmanship, but uh, no, we just love to start a relationship. Uh, one of the ways we do that too, just get folks connected here at Fathom is through something we call DNA sessions, which is really what we call the starting line for every person at Fathom. And so if you've never been through DNA sessions, you've never connected, it's today, right after service. We make it so convenient for you. So right after service, uh, I'll be uh, there hanging out with you, and we just want to get to know you. Really, DNA session one, right after service, is just to, to con- connect you with the heart of who we feel like we're called to be. And, and who, what the vision is of the house and answer any questions you may have about this body. Uh, and we just want to make it as quick and painless to connect to the family as possible. And then session two is really getting to know you and that's next weekend. So we'd love for you to be there. Um, uh, are there any parents in the house? Got some parents? Yeah, a few parents? Cool. Um, h- how many parents you would say, right now with, with my kid, with, with my, all of them, uh, we're going through what well, we would say, we're going through a little bit of a phase. Anybody going through a little bit of a phase? Yeah. So going through a little bit of a phase. Hey, there's another phase after that. Don't worry. There, there's another phase after that. You, uh, I, I want to make sure you know this coming weekend, uh, Saturday morning. Everybody say Saturday morning, 9, nine to 12. You don't have to keep repeating me because there's always person that wants to keep repeating me when you repeat one thing, not what we're doing. Um, this Saturday from 9 to 12, we're hosting an event. It's our second one we've ever done called Parent Real Talk. Uh, and our theme this year is, it's just a face." It's just a face, and, and we have a special guest coming to be with us. Her name is Stacey Mack. She's an attachment therapist here in Jacksonville, and she's going to be carrying our main sessions this coming Saturday from 9 to 12, Parent Real Talk. Uh, And you're not going to want to miss it. It's just a morning uh, set aside to just uh, really learning and growing as parents, helping our children navigate those phases. And then we're going to have some, some breakouts where you can really tell funny stories as well as really what you're going through and get a chance to with others just to pray and hear, hear what's going on in your life and just let it out. Uh, you're not the only one going through those phases. So I uh, just want to make sure you know about that. That's this weekend. We'd love to have you. All ages, whatever ages your kids are, uh, you're welcome. So uh, I'm excited today to be kicking off a brand new series called Mosaic. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, looking at, at how God takes the brokenness of our life and, and really makes something beautiful out of it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Taryn and I had the opportunity to go to a conference that we go to a, a couple times a year, and uh, down in Fort Myers. And and after it, I just kind of decided. I had some other things planned. I said, "Babe, let's. I, we just need to get some alone time." So it was her birthday that Saturday, and and I said, "Let's just let's just go. We're just going to spend a few days together on the beach." Come on, that sounds good. So uh, we did that. And we we spent some a, a couple days down on Sanibel Island. Anybody been to Sanibel Island? It's just amazing, beautiful place. It's it's a very quaint kind of beach place where you can ride your beach cruiser around town. And we did that for like 20 minutes. And we're like, it's too hot. I don't really want to do it. I just want to relax. So, um, But it was amazing. We had a good time there. And then the last night, um, there's another island that's connected to it. So as you as you go over the bridge from Fort Myers to Sanibel, it's like a nice bridge. You know that that feeling you get when you go over the bridge to the beach and you're just like, you just that exhale, and you're just like, yeah, the salt air. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like that feeling. So you have that when you go over Sanibel. We had been there a day or so. And then we go over this other bridge, and it was like a double, like, <sighs> like a double one, because it was like a whole different experience going over to Captiva Island, which is like, even, how can something be more beautiful in this quaint beach town? And you go over to Captiva, and it's even more beautiful. And, and we had a, a place, we'd been there before, that we wanted to go to this restaurant at the very end of Captiva. So you travel probably 12 miles between the two islands to get to the very end of Captiva Island, and there's this restaurant called The Mucky Duck, the Mucky Duck, which is just an awesome name for for a a restaurant. But what I love about this restaurant is uh, the view because the view does not get any better. Here's our view from our table that night. Um, I think you guys might have it here for me. Um, so we're sitting out, and like, you can just see where the sun is going to set right in front of us. So we timed it perfectly to have our dinner and then to walk out to the beach. And so the walkway is like just, I mean, I could throw a rock to the ocean, so it's just beautiful. And so uh, we get done with dinner, and then we walk out to the beach and people are all kind of moving out there. I don't know if I gave them this uh, image or not, uh, but I, uh, yeah, you can see the kind of the people gathering. And look at this picture. Go, go back to the one with the people on the beach. Uh, yeah. So there's just everybody. It's a moment that everybody wants to capture. Like it's the one, get your phone out. Here comes the sunset. And I don't know how many people were out there, but there was a lot of people crowd on the beach and they were just hustling down there. And as the sun kind of begins to just slowly make its, you know, descent, and that's just that's what you live for in some ways, the sunset, and the marmalade, the orange marmalade just kind of sinks its way into the ocean. You guys know that moment just happens. Something happened on the beach that I don't think I'd ever seen on the beach before, and people just started clapping, and they were just like excited, and they were just like, this is amazing, because it's like, it cannot be more dead center to the restaurant. I mean, you see the sunset, it's like, you can't, like, we're used to a sunset over there behind all the buildings, and it's just like water right in front of us the way that God intended us to see it. And this was not, their clapping was not like on the airplane when you land and people start (laughs) clapping. How many of you guys, you are that person? (laughs) Just identify yourself so we know who to not travel with, okay? We see that hand, we're not, (laughs) no, it wasn't like that. It was like, it was like praise. It was like people are in awe of what God just did and gave us in this moment. Like they didn't even know they were praising, but... They were just like, that was incredible. That was like a masterpiece of a sunset. I, I love those moments when we get that in nature. We don't get them all the time, but we thank God for them when they do. And, and I was just thinking about that experience as God had laid on my heart to go to Ephesians 2. Really verse 10, but I, I want to read 1 through 10. Um, because the New Living Translation says that we are God's masterpiece. Like we can see a masterpiece of a movie that people clap after and a masterpiece of a sunset in which it just sparks natural praise and emotion, an emotional and physical response. But, but Paul says that we are God's masterpiece. That we're his handiwork. That just like the sun that would gaze and bring praise to the creator, God has created us with that same intention and beauty And so I want to read this text. I I often read from a number of translations, but today um, I was really drawn to a translation that's um, a little bit different called The Voice. I don't know if you guys ever heard that. Not the NBC show. It's a translation of the Bible. (laughs) actually. It's a newer translation and it's what's considered a thought for thought translation. Uh, we'll have another conversation the other day about how to go about finding the right translations and all that. But it's a thought for thought translation and, and I think it kind of just says uh, some po- in a powerful way. One thing that I will note that uh, is kind of unique about the voice, sometimes it doesn't because it's a thought for thought, it won't give you the word, it'll give you the definition of the word. So as, even as opposed to using the word Christ, which means anointed one, it won't say Christ it'll say anointed one. You'll see it. So it actually just gives you the definition. So it kind of plays out the the deep meanings of things. So uh, here it is, Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. Uh, As for you, uh, don't you remember how you used to exist? Um, Corpses, dead in life, buried by transgressions, wandering the course of this perverse world. You were the offspring of the prince of the power of the air, Oh, how he owned you. Just as he still controls those living in disobedience, I'm, I'm not talking about the outsiders alone. No, no. We were all guilty of falling headlong into the persuasive passions of this world. And we've all had our fill of indulging the flesh and mind, obeying impulses to follow perverse thoughts motivated by dark powers. And as a result, our natural inclinations led us to be children of wrath, just like the rest of humankind. But God, say, but God, but God, with the unfathomable riches of his love and mercy, focused on us. He united us with the anointed one and infused our lifeless souls with life even though we were buried under mountains of sin and and saved us um, by his grace. He raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly realms with our beloved Jesus, the anointed, the liberating king. He did this for a reason so that for all eternity, we will stand as a living testimony to the incredible riches of his grace and his kindness that he freely gives to us by uniting us with Jesus, the anointed. For it's by God's grace that you have been saved. You receive it through faith. It was not our plan or our effort. It is God's gift, pure and simple. You didn't earn it. it, Not one of us did. So don't go around bragging that you must have done something amazing, for we're the product of his hand. We're his masterpiece. Heaven's poetry etched on lives, created in the anointed Jesus to accomplish the good works God arranged long ago, this um, experience with the sunset um, reminded me how, we, um, how much we take things for granted, that we get used to certain things. And this text brought me to a place today that I, I just want to remind us of some internal responses to what Jesus has done for us that we can never afford to get used to. Like, there's a, a response when I see that, but if I kept seeing that sunset after a while, after two months, after three months, after a year... I might just stop noticing it. You ever see, like there's some beautiful things and and we just, we we kind of lose the wonder. I was talking to my beach buggy driver. <laughs> Our neighborhood has these little buggies that pull around like little uh, golf carts and they're like limos. And so I was talking to the, the one and I was like, you know, like it's different when I go to Disney now, like, cause I grew up like 30 minutes from Disney. So every field trip we ever had, was to Disney World, and so I'd seen it, you know, a hundred times growing up, and so it was whatever. I I didn't care if I ever went back, but then I have kids, and then now when we go with them, it's like the best thing in the world to go with them, and it just wakes up all this wonder, because I see things through their eyes, and and so I want want to talk about that in a a very spiritual sense, um, at really an emotional level and a mental level that we don't, we don't we don't forget, and we don't miss out, and we don't just kind of get used to these emotions, and that we don't feel them and appreciate them anymore. There's, there's three that I want to make mention of, and, and the first is the emotion of awe, the internal response of awe, like we stood before that thing, and people just like, the external response was praise, but it, the internal response was just Wow, it was just a reverence of wonder, like how could something so beautiful be right before us? Um, years ago, Tara and I had the opportunity to go to uh, Paris and go to the Louvre, um, which is where the Mona Lisa is at. And uh, when you're in Paris, like you got to go to Louvre and, and you got to see the Mona Lisa. And so um, we we're there and it's huge, huge museum that's really underneath the, the ground, which is pretty cool. And uh, we we made it, we finally made it to the room that the Mona Lisa sits. And, uh, you know, it's one, it's like, uh, if you don't know anything about art, you know about the Mona Lisa, like you've heard about it, you've seen it in books. And so seeing it in person is, you know, supposed to be like this revelatory experience, this incredible experience. So we go into the room and it's this large room and there's people crowded around it. So when people are crowded around it, like we get even more excited, like there it is. And then like the crowd, the crowds kind of part and we get to see it and we're like, Oh, like it's like small and it's just as unimpressive in person as it is, as it is in the book. It's just, it just kind of has a name and it has whatever. And I was expecting, I had this high anticipation for what it would be in the experience. And it was just like, oh, there there it is. And, And I think the reality is that when most of us look in the mirror, we have the same response to us. You know, we don't have, like, oh, here's a masterpiece. We're like, okay, it's kind of small. It's kind of, like, not perfect, not, not really a good smile. Or we just kind of pick it apart, and our eyes go to the imperfections, don't they, like, in ourselves? When you ask people, usually, what's your strength? Most people, probably in the high 90s, have trouble telling you what their greatest strength is, but you ask them their weakness and they can list them very quickly. It's because our eyes go to the imperfections. But as I was talking about in our communion opportunity, God's eyes don't go to the imperfections when we're in Christ. They don't go to our fallenness and brokenness. It, it, goes, to, it goes to the perfection he sees in Jesus. He, he, he sees a, a perfect picture of you. He sees the finished product because of the finished work of Jesus. He sees a finished work in us. Just remember that, what he finished at the cross. There's a passage in Hebrews chapter 12 that says this, um, therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. I, I, I want to talk about, for just a second, our God is a consuming fire, and then back up and continue to talk about awe. Because if you begin to study this passage, what, it, what it's saying that, in many ways, that, that, that God's an unquenchable fire, a, a consuming fire, and that um, that he he burns up sin and imperfection. There is no imperfection. It gets consumed when it's in him. Like, the, like if something, like you ever watch a campfire and you throw something in it and you just give it a minute in the fire and then whatever form that used to be in when it's in the fire, it gets consumed over a course of time and then you don't see the styrofoam, you don't see the, the block of wood anymore. It's just consumed and... And what Paul is saying, or the author of Hebrews is saying to us, is that it's how God is. He consumes up everything when we are in Him. And so we don't have to fear the wrath of God or judgment of God when we're in the fire, when we're in the consuming fire. And so when we think about it like that, one, I don't want to be outside of the fire. Come on. (laughs) I don't want to be outside of the fire. I want to be inside the fire and have His fire within me. But um, that when I'm in there, like I can be consumed with awe in reverence, knowing that he could have burned me up and killed me, but he, he burned me up and, and, and consumed me in, in my life, and I'm and, um, fulfilled in him. He says that so let us offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, like a, a sense of wonder and, like, well, when's the last time? And maybe you don't know Christ, you don't have a personal relationship, and you're here today and, you're like, I oh, don't. I don't, I don't get it, and I, I pray that God can just, can, you'll just wake up to his grace that is waiting for you, the gift of God that is waiting for you, because maybe for some of us this morning, we've forgotten that emotion. Like, we haven't had that internal response in worship in a while. Like, wow. Like, what am I? Who am I, God, that you are mindful of me? Let alone call me friend. Let alone love me and walk me through the steps of my healing and my redemption and continually pour your mercy new to me every single day. Like, who am I? Like, and, and maybe we've forgotten that emotion, some of us. We haven't had that all in worship. And, and I just pray that today, as in a few moments, we'll come back and maybe as you leave today in and, and worship, that we just have that response of awe, Because when I think it births, I think the external that flows from that is humility it's like, who that, I just quoted the passage, who am I that you are mindful of me, God? Like, I'm just amazed that you chose me, that you called me, that you are perfecting your perfect plan in me, that you would be mindful of me. And it, it brings humility into our actions and, and our thought life and how we treat other people. And it's just an awe. And we can't afford to lose that. It's... Um, it's part of our inheritance in the Lord. There's a, um, a, a company out there. It's called Finders International. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Uh, it's a, uh, started by a man named Daniel Curran back like early pre-Google days, like uh, pre, like, nine, like early 1990s. And he, uh, he started this company to basically connect connect next of kins to unclaimed inheritance, unclaimed uh, assets that are just out there. And so what, there's actually a show on the BBC um, called Air Hunters. There's a hunter, house hunters, there's a whatever, hunt, junk hunters, there's everything kind of hunters. And this is an Air Hunters on BBC. And all he does is he just tracks down like this unclaimed inheritance that's out there. And usually there's a large family that's owed this money and that's just waiting. They didn't know about it. And so there's 15 to 20 people who come into this usually large lump of, uh, of money somewhere between twenty five dollars and $65,000. So let's just call it 45000 kind of write down what the Average is that fifteen to twenty people will get. So just imagine, like you've got an unclaimed inheritance out there. Um, I mean, you, and you get the inheritance, and, and then like the next day you're just like, I can't even go to sleep. I'm like, what forty five? Like just out of nowhere. Like I didn't do anything. I didn't work for it. Like there it is, and like how much more should we experience all? Like I, I imagine like forty five thousand dollars would be a game changer for many of you in your life, but you wouldn't want to quit your job. Right, because you, you, That would run out, and like, that's not like a retire-on-it type of uh, money, but, it, but it's money that would keep us saying, wow, for a long time. How much more should we be in awe of God who has united us to our inheritance? Our inheritance that's in Christ. I'm so thankful for it. So my challenge to you is just to stay in awe and wonder that he saved us. I think Paul is hearkening back when he says that we're his masterpiece created in Jesus. He's really hearkening back to verse one that's so powerful to us, which in NIV says it like this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Um, I'm sure Kanye West will work his way into many sermons today, and, um, including this one. Um, because many of you probably knew of him. Some of you are like, I have no idea who that is. It's okay. He's a rapper, and um, he's made uh, millions off of um, just uh, really perverse uh, content in his music, and he released a new album that's basically a gospel album, and it's just like straight through, and uh, and he's met Jesus in like a very radical way. It's been a a very like Saw the Paul conversion. It's really insane just to watch it. In fact, some people I highly respect in ministry, um, uh, the Stockstill family of Bethany Church out of Louisiana just hosted this huge worship event, and uh, and his new album is called Jesus is King. So it's just like posted up all over um, everything. And and so obviously, I've been I just try to stay in tune with this stuff, and 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 I know some like some of us like we we want to kind of go to judgment or we want to go to things like how is this possible? Well. Do we believe in the transformative power of Jesus? Like, you know, um, I I hope we do. I've seen it at work in my life. Um, And I'm not the same. And so we've kind of looked at some interviews and just watched them. And, And one of the things, like, someone was trying to understand, like, how, like, we don't understand, like, this. Like, you were one thing, and now you're something different. Like, your album's called Jesus is King, and, like, there's scriptures and everything. And, like, you're discipling with a pastor, and, like, you're just this... You're a, you're a new man, <laughs> and they don't really know how to put words to it, and, and he um, he says, it's like, when you're asleep, you don't know you're asleep, he said, but when you wake up, you know you're awake, and it's, it's death to life, and anyone who's been saved by the blood of Jesus knows, like, that is the experience, like, I was dead, and now I'm alive, and uh, what I pray for Kanye is what I pray for myself, what I pray for each one of us is that we never Stop giving God praise for that. Like we never forget we were dead. This isn't like, no, no, no. Like I I love how the voice translation uh, says it. No, no, this isn't for uh, outsiders alone. This isn't for us. No, no, this, it was us. Our brokenness isn't just kind of like an ultimate state of their sin in the world. No, no. Our brokenness is their sin in me. Like, I've sinned, I've indulged in the flesh, I was wayward, and I was dead, and now I'm alive. And the second emotion, the internal response that I don't feel like we can afford to lose is just, and I chose this word wisely, infinite gratitude, infinite gratitude. Um, I I, I love stand-up comedy, and um, there's this guy that he used to be a little more popular but I think he wasn't funny enough to stay popular. Like, straight up, he's just not funny enough to stay popular. Uh, his name's Dimitri Martin, because uh, he's just very dry. He's a very dry um, comedian. And so he had one line um, that was really funny to me, and he talked about how we really overuse thanks a million oh, thanks a million, thanks a million for this, thanks for the extra piece of gum, or like, thanks a million, and we just use thanks a million for everything. He said, I think we should be a little more specific with our gratitude. He said, like, someone gives you a ride home, and you're like, thanks 256. That's probably more accurate to how grateful you are to that. And so I, I, I want you to think about that and your gratitude to Jesus over anything else in your life. Is it thanks, 256, Jesus, for sins? Like how often is gratitude our postures, thanksgiving the posture of our hearts? Not just all that we cannot afford to lose, but we can't afford to lose this, this gratitude because the external that flows out of us is praise. Like what we just did, praise and worship and, and do other sermons on difference between praise and worship. But it is, it is releasing from our lips our gratitude to God for who he is, for what he's done in our life. Not just for what he's done in other people's lives, for the general sense that he's God, but no, no, that you saved me, that you have been faithful. Um, I'm, I'm seeing Miss Joni in the back giving me the nod head and the amen nod head, head nod. Uh, and now I love you so much. It was so, such a joy to see you uh, walk in here last week after you were in the hospital and and uh, some of you have heard her testimony of just how God has brought her through so many things. And and um, just the night before uh, she, she was in the hospital last last week, and we were talking, and I just I just I know there was some anxiety and what the next day would hold. And and I just said, sis, I know how much God has brought you through. I'm like, we could just sit here for hours talking about how what God's done for you, and 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 maybe some of us need to go back and just journal it out. <laughs> Where we were, just to remind ourselves so that we can once again be grateful. Because the external outflow there is praise. Like that gratitude births itself in praise. Uh, There's a passage that really popped out to me in Psalm uh, 44, uh, verse 8. And it says, we have boasted, in God we have boasted continually. And we will give thanks forever. Like forever. Forever, like and I think, in in our kind of immediate gratitude, uh, immediate gratification culture, we lose the infinite gratitude culture. Um, because we're we're just in a generation and young and old. Um. I know um folks um, m- my age and older and, I, and my my generation's kind of like right in the middle of I remember not having a computer, I remember not having technology. Um I remember not having access, not being able to get the answers like that. Um but I, so I, my generation's kind of the first one that's kind of straddling to. Um but we're all impacted by it no matter where where you're at um uh, demographically. Because we can just click and we're always like, what's next? Like, what's next? What's next? Like, okay, God, you did that. What's next? And, and we can't just sit with the gratitude for what he's already done. We can't just sit and just be, be grateful. Because the reality is that if God never does anything else for us, like nothing else, if you don't get the promotion, if the spouse you're looking for doesn't show up, if, if the house, you know, the mortgage thing doesn't pull through, if, if whatever, like you fill in the blanks, if it doesn't, if he never does anything, we have all the reason to be infinitely grateful for what he did for us. And he saved us from death and the hell, and the grave, and he's brought us to life, and so be reminded of that today through this sermon. Be reminded of that, and be reminded that we were once dead, and now we're alive, and if you're in this place today, and say like, no, I, I'm in the dead zone right now. I'm, I am. I'm among the, I'm a walking dead, and there's walking dead all around us. Yes, zombies. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there's walking dead, because it's very possible to be alive in a lot of ways. Your career is great, relationships, to feel alive in so many ways, health-wise, but to be so spiritually dead. And God wants to bring us to new life. So if that's you today, and you say, I've lost that sense of gratitude in my life for what Jesus did Come let's just make sure Thanksgiving is on our lips. We're thankful. We go back and count the ways in which he saved us. We remind ourselves of the brokenness that we found ourselves in, how we were living in bondage. And as the very beginning of um, the voice translation says here in in chapter 2, you were the offspring of the prince of the power of the air. Oh, he owned you. Just remember how much he owned you. And let's give gratitude to God to whom it's due. And the final one that, that God brought to my heart that we can't afford to lose this internal response, I think that, that bleeds out. Um, and it's hope filled expectation. You said that's kind of a mouthful, it's not just an emotion, but it's a very specific one hope filled expectation. I, I heard one uh, pastor talking recently on a podcast saying it's not. Um, it's not the disappointment that really wants to take us down. It's, it's the horizon that we think is going to be the answer that's really the one that takes us out, oftentimes. It, it's not what actually happened. It's when we work through what actually happened or our disappointment or our unmet expectations And then we saw a light glimmer, and it's when that doesn't work out, that's when it seems to like want to take our feet out from under us, and we just find ourselves kind of in shock. And then when we get back up from that, then we look at everything different. Because after working through the first battle, the first unmet expectations, the first disappointment, after we work through that, and then we've got a horizon, and then after we were disappointed in that one, then we just see things differently. And I, I don't hope anymore. I don't have a hope-filled expectation anymore. I'm just, I'm just a life of disappointment. I'm just going to, this is just going to be my story. And, and I feel so compelled this morning to, to point to verse 10, which tells us this for where God's handiwork, we're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is so powerful to me. Because for me, I'm one who always wants to be prepared for what's next. Like I want to be prepared for the good works that God has prepared for me. But you know what this text tells me? That he's preparing the good works for me. Like you're trying to prepare yourself for the financial whatever or the relational whatever or the career move. God's actually preparing it for you. So what feels like waiting is actually just a part, like Pastor Chris said last week, is just a part of God's process. It's a part of his process. And this brings me such confidence. Like, because it's actually not dependent on how ready I get. It's not dependent on how much, like uh, the passage said, of how much I plan it out or I work. It's not dependent on any of that at all. In fact, he's prepared it for me. And so I think that ought to birth some just hope in us. That what he has planned for you, you can't plan God brought me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and it says this, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. These are the things God has revealed to us by a Spirit. So I want to point where, this, where, where Paul is actually pulling this from, which is Isaiah 64, because when I read this, I was like, this is, this is a word for us today. Isaiah 64, verses three and four. So four, Isaiah 64, four is what Paul is quoting, but I want you to get verse three. The, the prophet is reflecting on God's faithfulness of how he showed up for them. And this is what he says, for when you did awesome things that we did not expect, And the mountains trembled, and you came down, and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Uh, I I just want us to walk away not only with awe and gratitude, but a hope-filled expectation to know that that God's going to do some things in your life that you did not expect when you did not expect them. And and just to prepare yourself with that, prepare your emotional life for that. Actually live and approach this week, like this very week, like Monday, God has good works prepared for you already. Tuesday, he has good works prepared for you already. It doesn't matter if you're ready for them or not. He's just going to present them with you, and it'll be a choice of whether we are hope-filled with our expectation to see it when it's there, because then I know it's prepared for me. And there's a funny thing psychologically. When we know, you know, the whole RSVP thing, like that was really birthed, you know, it it used to be something so that the planner can plan, and that's still a case, but the, whatever event it is, but now the RSVP is actually a confirmation that you're actually going to show up. You know what I mean? Like just because we RSVP'd a lot of things, we say we're going to things and we, and we don't, but when it's verbally, and, and so I just say when we raise our expectations, like he's going to show up, so we got to be there waiting. You know, it's like when Lee and I started running and he started asking me, hey, do you, do you want to run with me? I'm like, that would be great. I need the accountability. When I know he's going to be there, I'm going to show up. And so, if we, are, we raise our expectation, have a hope-filled expectation, we know he's going to show up. Then we, we're going to show up. We're going to feel an accountability that God. I prayed for this. I knew God was going to show up, and then there he is. And now I can walk into the good works he has planned for me on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, every single day. He's he's got good works prepared for us. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap today. I just want to encourage you to, to to don't lose the awe to to don't lose the thanksgiving in your heart, the gratitude, infinite gratitude. It never ends and a confident expectation that he has good things planned for you, good works planned for you, not just good things, but good works for you to do. He's prepared them already. You know, um, I was telling you about the mucky duck, and um, when we were down there sitting at that table, um, uh, we were sitting there, and, and like they have a little thing in the middle of the the table that tells the story of how the Mucky Duck became the Mucky Duck. And it used to be this old bed and breakfast in. And uh, these group of friends said, "Hey, let's kind of come together for an investment opportunity, and we're gonna in- invest and we're gonna buy this and turn it into a bed and breakfast." And so they began to to put money together, and they went down there to Captiva or Fort Myers or wherever they they deal with this stuff, and. And they went down to the city, and they discovered some things as they were doing it. And one of the things that they discovered was a um, um, an, ex- an expired liquor license on that property when it was whatever it was before. And so that kind of got one of the guys thinking, and, and they just decided to go out to the house and kind of see a sunset before everybody went their separate ways to go back home. And, and as they're out at that magnificent masterpiece of a, a sunset that's falling one of the guys is just like, we cannot just let this be a bed and breakfast. Like this needs to be shared with people. Like this is so amazing. This is so incredible just how dead center this, this needs to be shared um, with other people. And so they turned it into a a restaurant at that point so that it could be shared. And, And what I know about this room is that many of us, we don't, see a masterpiece when we look in the mirror. Um, We're not in awe of that, Um, what the story that God has given us, the story that he's writing. And I'm calling us to fall in love once again with the story that God is writing in your life. We're not looking at it midstream. We're looking at it in the way that God sees it, and God sees the finished product. He that started the work will be faithful to complete it. Let's once again find ourselves in wonder in awe and gratitude and hope-filled expectation for what He has planned for us. I hope you walk away encouraged today, knowing that it's a gift. If you're here today and and you've never said yes to Jesus, there's not anything you could do on your worst day. He loves you the same as on your best day. He loves you. It's just a gift presented to you, and you can choose to receive it, And if you're dead in this place, just know when you say yes to Jesus, there's new life that's coming. There is new life that's coming. So I want to ask you to stand and I want to pray over you and pray with you today. And just every head bowed because I want to ask you a few questions. I think it helps to make a physical response to the internal of what's going on. It's just with every head bowed, nobody's looking around except for me. I, I, I want to know who I'm praying for today. If you're in this room and say, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm moved this morning I, I, but I've never received that gift or, and I want to receive it today. If that's you, if you'll just raise your hand just let me know who I'm praying for. I've never received the gift of salvation and I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Is that you in the room? Okay, thank you. You can put your hand down. All of heaven is rejoicing with those who have lifted their hands today and said yes to Jesus. All glory to God. New life in Jesus is is ours today. We praise you, God, for, for what you're doing in hearts. If you're in this room and say, Pastor, I, I said yes to Jesus, but I've kind of lost the awe of how he just, he has just woke me up from my slumber, from dead to life, and I, I need to get my awe back. I need to get my gratitude back. Is that you this, this morning? Will you just raise your hand and say, I've kind of lost my awe. I've lost my gratitude for what God did, how much he saved me. Thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down. God, I thank you for just reminding us today of your goodness, God. Would you draw us back? Would you, would you cause us to slow down and just think and reflect on your great goodness, God, and what you're bringing us into. The, the, the last group of people I want to ask you today, and there's a very specific group of people that I just feel drawn to pray for. And when I pray in just a moment. I'm not going to ask you to come down. I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. But I've been disappointed over and over again. The horizon keeps moving, and I'm disappointed. I've lost my hope. I don't have hope-filled expectation for the future, and I want it back. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. I don't have hope for the future anymore. I've lost my expectation. Okay, thank you. Let's pray right now folks let's pray God thank you so much for your work that you're doing in our life God I thank you that you are good you are a good creator God it is it is because of your mercy and your grace and your kindness that any of us are standing here today we've been drawn by your love we've been drawn by your kindness but God our eyes have wandered our eyes have gotten down into the muck and the mire of this world and We've lost some things. We've lost our awe. We've lost our gratitude. We've lost our hope for the future. And I just pray by your spirit, by the power of your spirit, you restore that within our heart, God, that we don't walk out seeing our life the same, God. We don't, we don't go into Monday or Wednesday or, or the next five years. We don't go into the rest of our life the same, God, because of this moment in which you are restoring our hope. God, you're reminding us to be grateful of how you brought us from death to life. We give you praise for that today, God. We give you praise for that. <clears throat> God, I pray as we exit this moment, and we begin to worship and lift up praise that, that we would worship with reverence and awe of what you've done for us. We worship, God, with just an expectation that you have good things prepared for us and that we would walk into those things this week and not hold back for them. God, we would walk into the new life that you've called us into. God, we give you praise for it give you praise for it in Jesus holy name amen